0: Our goal in life is to be a child. What does that mean? Our goal in life is to be a child. Jesus said, unless you become like children, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. Only the childlike enter into the kingdom of God. This is not childishness. This is childlikeness. Isn't it a great mystery that the second person of the Holy Trinity, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, as we say in the Nicene Creed, God who created the entire world, God who is greater than all the stars, all the universe, all the angels, everything, that when God came to us, he came as a little child, God humbled himself and he assumed the form of a baby. He became a little infant, a little baby. He became a child. Why did God become a baby? Why did God become a child? It was to sanctify infancy. It was to sanctify childhood. That every child can take their example from the child Jesus. How did the child Jesus be obedient to his parents? See because that's always the virtue that is difficult for children, obedience. How did he do it? And so Jesus, he loved infancy, he loved children, so much so that he became an infant himself and a child himself. He became, the great God became so not independent, but dependent upon his parents that he had to depend on them for everything. When Jesus was born, he probably could not walk. Who knows if he could talk or not? We don't know that. Maybe he could talk. Maybe he suspended his speech and just gave a goo goo gaga like babies do. He had to depend upon Joseph and Mary to feed him, to provide for him. The dependence of God upon his parents is so awesome a mystery. The here is God, he created all this, and yet he lowers himself and makes himself dependent upon his parents. So much so that he was dependent upon the Blessed Mother to give him swaddling clothes. God who clothes the fields and God who clothes the flowers and the trees with so much beauty. God who blankets our mountains with snow. Well, at least up here in the north, blankets are with flowers in the south. And yet, God lowered himself that he could not even clothe himself from the cold of the stable. In Bethlehem he relied on his mother Mary to provide with her own hands these poor swaddling clothes in order to wrap him up and keep him warm great mystery of God how God humbled himself and the great mystery of the incarnation how he lowered himself he humbled himself he did not exalt himself he did not try to become something greater he was all, he's already great cuz he's god and yet in a way he suspended that greatness and became a little child totally dependent upon his parents our whole life is to do the will of god and our whole struggle is between my will and the will of God. That's our whole struggle. Is it my will or is it God's will? And we struggle with that because a lot of times we want to do our will and not the will of God. And so we have to die to ourselves, to our own will, in order to do the will of God. This is why religious take the vow of obedience because we're dying to our own will and we're saying, your will be done, O God. And communicate that will through to me through my superiors see that and that begins at home where we say god i'm obedient to my parents communicate your will to me through my parents as long as it's not against faith or morals see that if your parents tell you to do something against faith or morals then you have something higher to obey but if it's not against faith or morals then you need to obey see that because obedience in the home leads us to obedience to God. And so all of us struggle with that, my will and God's will. But there was two people on earth that were totally conformed to the will of God. And that was St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Their whole life, even before Jesus was born, was your will be done, O God. That they, they had already died to their own will and it was your will be done O oh god you tell me what to do we'll do it the angel said to joseph do not be afraid to take mary as your wife what did joseph do he did it joseph go to bethlehem he did it joseph go to egypt he did it see how obedient joseph was mary said behold i am the handmaid of the lord be it done unto me according to your word. She didn't say according to my word, she said according to your word. So they were both obedient to the will of God already. And yet, when God comes down to earth, then God, in a way, the child Jesus, says to Joseph and Mary, I will obey now your will. What was that like for Joseph and Mary? Their whole life they're obeying the will of God, and now Jesus is saying, Okay, Joseph, give me a command. I will do it. Okay, Blessed Mother, give me a command. I will do it. They were probably in awe that they as the parents now tell, the, tell God what to do. Isn't that amazing? Okay, Jesus, go and clean your room. Yes, Mother. Okay, Jesus, go and do some dishes. Yes, mother. Okay, Jesus, help me in the in the carpenter workshop. Yes, father. Obedience. See that? Obedience, but it's it's not a it's not an obedience or it's like military obedience. It's like, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. It's not that kind of obedience. It's an obedience where Jesus humbles himself and he's joyfully obedient. He wants to be obedient. He wants to give himself to his parents because his obedience to his parents is a foreshadowing to his obedience to the Father. Later in life, when the Father asked him to give his life for the sins of the world, he's obedient to the Father. Not my will, but your will be done. That was toward the end of his life. He said that. But he said that at the beginning of his life, not my will, but yours be done, yours be done. And he was saying that to his parents, not my will, but yours be done. See that, and there was an honor and there was a respect within the family itself. Jesus honored his parents. He respected them. And his parents loved him, loved him as their child, Even Joseph, who was his foster father, not his biological father, but Joseph loved Jesus as if he was his own child. See that? And they were obedient, they were loving, they were respectful. They loved each other. And what was that family-like, like, what was the family life like in Nazareth? That's a tongue twister. Was the family life like in Nazareth? Was it quiet? Was it silent? Think of the blessed mother and silence, just looking at her infant God, contemplating him. I had the great song, my favorite Christmas song that we sing, Silent Night. And that's a song sung in silence, but there's greatness in silence contemplating the mystery the blessed mother was probably looking at Jesus and saying wow he looks like me (laughs) he talks like me he maybe got my hair and got my characteristics she was probably in awe at just the infancy the, the humanness of Jesus maybe she was contemplating his eye color and his hair and his little fingers. And just all the characteristics of her beautiful baby. What was Joseph's contemplation like? Where he's contemplating Jesus. Contemplating his humanness, but contemplating him as God. They were probably in so much awe. And in that cave, they probably went into ecstasy. And that happened through Silence through prayer, through meditation. You know, there's a prayer where you can, in your family, pray to God. Pray to God as spouses. Pray to God as a family. Pray the family rosary. Read scripture in the family. There's ways to connect with God. It will help you. It will help you be better. Because as you notice, it's hard to be better by yourself. If you haven't discovered that yet. It is very difficult to practice virtue without the grace of God, so you need to pray, read the Bible, discipline yourself. But there's also another contemplation, and that's a contemplation of the parents contemplating their child. Isn't it wonderful when a parent reads to a child at night? reads like a little storybook. And the child falls asleep. The child is just there falling asleep. And then the mother and the father, they still read, but then they stop reading. And they're in silence. And they just look at their child. And they meditate. They look at their child's hair and eyes and shapes and... All the characteristics of their child and all. That their child has the characteristics of his or her mother and their child has the characteristics of his or her father. Isn't that a great mystery? Isn't that something worth to contemplate, to contemplate your children? Parents, if you do not know your children's eye color, line them up. Get to know your children's eye color, eyeball them, meditate. Because when you meditate, then you fall in love. And when you fall in love, then you're willing to do anything for your children. Same with couples. Don't lose that spark that you had on your wedding day. Contemplate each other. Forgive one another as God has forgiven you. Learn to look into each other's eyes without saying anything. Contemplate each other. Pray for that grace to fall in love again. To God give us that grace to fall in love again. Yes, maybe we know a little bit more about each other. Maybe we know each other's imperfections, but still love. And if you can't love immediately, Then you let your love become mercy and forgive your spouse. Forgive them their faults. Forgive them their sins as God has forgiven you. Then it shall go well with you and your marriage. We always need forgiveness. How many times do we need to forgive? Every single day. (laughs) Because we sin against each other every single day. We say things. We have attitudes. That's why at the end of the night, forgive one another always forgive always kneel down before a crucifix and forgive one another and if you have anything with your children forgive your children also they're human beings they're not perfect you didn't enter into the world perfect but forgive them let your mercy overcome your justice as St. Thomas Aquinas says about God. God allows his mercy to overcome his justice. Forgive. And for children, know that your parents are imperfect. Know that you have imperfect parents. Forgive your parents because they are sinners also and they need the grace of God. Don't hold it in your heart against them. Forgive. If you hold anger And grudges in your heart it will eat you up you won't have any peace that is why we need to forgive so with love comes forgiveness and forgiveness comes mercy and mercy leads us back to love and it's all about love the family is all about love and that is why we take for our example today the holy family jesus Mary and Joseph, the more that we humble ourselves, the more that we die to ourselves, then the the more we shall discover ourselves and who we really are in the eyes of God.
1: Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses,